So this afternoon we'll be dealing with a third petition in the Lord's Prayer, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So in connection with that, we'll read from Matthew 26, verses 36 to 46, where Jesus himself makes this petition to his own Father. So that's Matthew 26, verses 36 to 46. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to his disciples, Sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. And he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. He went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my father, If it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again a second time he went away and prayed, saying, O my father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, Your will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. So he left them, went away again, and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then he came to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. So this afternoon we take as our summary of the word then, of God's word from Lord's Day 49, dealing with the third petition of the Lord's Prayer. Lord's Day 49. Lord's Day 49, the question asked there is what is the third petition? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is, grant that we and all men may deny our own will, and without any murmuring obey your will, for it alone is good. Grant also that everyone may carry out the duties of his office and calling as willingly and faithfully as the angels in heaven. Brothers and sisters of our Lord Jesus Christ, one of the questions we often come back to, and maybe especially for the young people, is what is God's will for my life? How do I know His will? There are books and some people who will tell you that God sometimes speaks to you in a dream or by a voice in your head. But what if I haven't heard that yet? And then you come to the Lord's Prayer where Christ teaches us to pray, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What does he mean by that? Won't God's will always be done? 
I want to know what his will is. Well, it will be good then to spend some time considering God's will as we see it mentioned in the Lord's Prayer. So the theme for this sermon is Christ teaches us to pray, your will be done. And we'll see that this means, first of all, that we must deny our own wills. Second, that we must trust in God's will. And finally, that we must carry out God's will. First, then, we must deny our own wills. There are two ways that we speak about God's will. In the first place, there is God's secret will. This is the will that God does, his decrees, which we do not know. So we say God wills things to happen. And sometimes this can be very difficult to think about. If something tragic happens, we might confess that this is God's will. Because God is in control of all things. And so we say that God even decreed this accident to happen. By his providence, he allowed it, even though we don't understand why. On the other hand, God also has a revealed will. He's revealed his will for us in his word. His will is his commands. And we can see this distinction clearly in Deuteronomy 29, where it says, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us, and to our children forever, that we may follow all the words of his law. And so Jesus, in the prayer that he taught us, is speaking about God's revealed will. So that when we pray, your will be done, we're praying, God, help us to obey your will. It comes down to what we are to do. Well, the problem, of course, is our sin. So the first thing we need to acknowledge when it comes to obeying God's will is that we often don't. We are sinners. And naturally, in our sin, we hate the things that God loves and delight in the things that He hates. God hates pride, but we sure like to be made much of. We do not obey God's will. Our wills are in conflict. And therefore, we need to deny our own wills. Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. We need to give up our selfish desires and idols. We need to give up our pride if we're going to follow God's will. Now that might sound simple enough, but it does come at a cost. When we pray that our will not be done, we are praying against ourselves. We are praying that God would break us down so that I do not live for myself. We are praying that he strip away my precious desires and idols. And that is hard because there is nothing in this life that we cherish and pamper more than our own wills, our own desires, the way we want life to go. You see, the biggest problem with God's will isn't that we don't know it. Often it's very clear. No, it's just that we don't want to do it. Think of the prophet Jonah. God's will was very clear. Go to Nineveh and preach. Nothing tricky about it. And yet what was the first thing that Jonah did but run away as far away as he could? 
You see, Jonah's problem wasn't that he didn't know God's will or what God expected of him. He didn't want to listen. So let's not be mistaken. When we speak of denying our own wills, that is something costly. It will hurt. But that's not all. Not only are we to deny our own wills when we obey God's will, we must do so without murmuring. God isn't pleased with any sort of obedience. He doesn't want us to obey like slaves obey a master. But he also doesn't want us to obey while all the while we're grumbling under our breath. I think we all know what obedience with, with murmuring looks like. Something like first raising all kinds of complaints and objections. And then only reluctantly and finally going away, stomping our feet. And then closing the door with a little extra oomph. No, God is looking for obedient, willing hearts. Now, of course, we should note that if God's will alone is truly good, then despite how hard it is, we are in fact praying for our own good. When we pray for God's will to be done, even if naturally we are rebelling against that thought, we are doing it for our own good. But of course, knowing and doing are two different things. And so to be able to do this, we need God. Remember that the point of prayer is that we express our dependence on God. This is what Christ is teaching his disciples. And so with this petition too, we pray for God to help us. Lord, there are sinful desires in my heart that I really don't want to let go of. I can't seem to break from this idol in my life. Please help me to deny my own desires and my own will and to follow yours. Lord, I know your will is better. Yes, we pray to God because he has promised to answer us when we pray. And he has promised us his spirit to work in our hearts so that as we confess in Lord's Day 44, by the spirit we may begin to live not only according to some, but to all of God's commandments. But God hasn't only promised to work in our hearts, He has also given us the perfect example to follow. Just as we read before the sermon, Jesus Christ is the perfect example of one who denied Himself. He went to death knowing His Father's will. That He would have to face death completely alone as a sacrificial Passover lamb. And so He prayed that if it was at all possible that there was another way to accomplish God's redeeming purpose, then that would be what Jesus desired. But even more deeply, because there was no other way, Jesus desired to do his Father's will. Yes, he prays, your will be done. The same prayer that he taught his disciples that he teaches us. Just think of the contrast. In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve had said, not your will, but mine. And we've all said the same ever since. But here in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus says, Not my will, but yours, for our salvation. And that brings us to the second point we must trust in God's will.
If we are to deny our own will and obey God's will, then how do we go about knowing that will? Well, we've already said that God has revealed His will in His Word. We have it in our hands. No voices in our heads are necessary. We confess in Belgic Confession, Article 7, that this Holy Scripture fully contains the will of God and that all that man must believe in order to be saved is sufficiently taught therein. It's the complete package. When we pray, your will be done, we know His will. This is declared perhaps most beautifully through Psalm 119. There we see the psalmist over and over expressing his deep love for God's commandments, for his revealed will. We read there that God's will, his word, is truly a lamp to our paths. A lamp to our feet, a light for our path. It is sweeter than honey. His word is our refuge and shield. His statutes are wonderful. Yes, it's a very long psalm, but I think we could summarize it well with this phrase in Lord's Day 49, God's will alone is good. It's good for us. It's nourishing. It leads us in the right way. It gives joy and delight and wisdom. If it is hard to deny our own wills and our own passions and desires, then let us realize what God's will truly means for us. Listen to this summary in 1 Thessalonians 5. Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It's clear enough. Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. Of course, the problem again is sin. God's commands may be clear, but sin makes it difficult sometimes to apply His will to our lives. In fact, sin itself makes very complicated situations in our life. And then sin clouds our judgment as to how we should deal with those complicated situations. Yes, we are limited, we are blinded. So that despite the clarity of God's will, we still have questions about following His will. Questions like, which school should we send our children Which political party should we be supporting? How much money should I be giving to the church? Which house should I buy? Is this the right man or woman to be my spouse? Perhaps if there was no sin in us, those would be easy decisions to make. God's will is clear, you say. But what about all these decisions I have to make? What should I do? And of course, it makes it all the more difficult that each of us probably has a little bit of Jonah in us. Even though we know the right thing to do, we chase it out of our minds and avoid it at all costs. Well, the answer is in this petition. The answer is to petition God, to pray to Him. Christ taught us that your will be done. That is, help us to deny our own wills and obey your will. Help us to understand how to apply your will to our lives. We find the same thing in Hebrews chapter 13. We saw this already this morning. 
The author there prays, May the God of peace equip you with everything good for doing His will, and may He work in us what is pleasing to Him. You see, we really need to learn to depend on God in prayer. And so we pray. But we also need to trust in God. Many decisions in this life are not very clear, and that's largely because of our sins and shortcomings. And so we must trust that our own desires should be denied and that God's will is truly good. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make straight your paths. But it's hard to go in blind, to deny our heart what we want and to trust that God's will is right even when our hearts rebel against it. So why do we trust in God? Why do we trust that His will alone is good if our hearts are saying otherwise? I think we know that answer. It's because of what He did for us through Jesus Christ. Consider this. Jesus was perfectly obedient. He even said that it was His food, His nourishment to do the will of Him who sent Him. And that perfect righteousness, God is graciously willing to impute to you. To put Jesus' perfect obedience on your account. So that one day on the great day of judgment, God will look at you and see Jesus' obedience to His will. And say to you, well done, good and faithful servant. Why would we not trust in His will? This is the God who willed, who decreed that His own Son would come to earth to die on the cross. That He come to die alone in the weakness of human flesh so that we might be saved. Why would we not trust in His will? You see, God's will is His Word, but His Word is not just a list of commands. It is a story. A good news story about His plan to save us from the rebellion against Him. Yes, why would we not trust in His will? And so we pray, Your will be done. Grant that we may obey Your will, for it alone is good. And finally, in the third place, we also must carry out God's will. We are not only called to deny our own wills, but we are also given an example to follow. Jesus taught us to pray, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, Grant that everyone may carry out the duties of his office and calling as willingly and faithfully as the angels in heaven. So the angels serve as our example. We don't know a lot about the angels, but they appear frequently in Scripture. We know that there are many different kinds, or at least many different tasks for angels to carry out. There are archangels, there are cherubim and seraphim, There are warrior angels like Michael. There are those who carry out God's judgment like the destroyer in Egypt. And there are messengers like Gabriel 
but all of them carry out their task perfectly, all desiring to serve the Lord. They obey God's every command without murmuring, with great joy. And Psalm 103, the psalmist says, Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. So you see, in heaven there is a perfect example of God's will being done. And that serves as an example for us. Just as the angels do, so also we are called to serve God. And we're called to serve God willingly and faithfully in our own offices and calling. Now what are those offices and calling? Well, as believers, we all have the same office. We have been anointed like Christ to be prophets, priests, and kings. And so we can ask ourselves, are we being faithful and willing prophets who confess the name of God? Is it evident to those around us that we've been given new life? Do we show that we are Christians by our love? And as priests, are we willing and faithful in dedicating ourselves to the Lord's service? Do we deny ourselves and offer ourselves up as living sacrifices, seeking opportunities to serve each other, to serve the church? Are we willing and faithful as kings, fighting against temptation and sin? Are we willing to stand up to sin, to rid ourselves of the temptations that we're most prone to? And do we do those things as willingly and faithfully as the angels in heaven? This is a great responsibility that we've been given. We've also all received different callings in this life. In 1 Corinthians 7, Paul says, Only let each person lead the life that the Lord assigned to him, to which God has called him. In whatever condition each was called, let him there remain with God. There let him remain in his service. And so some of us are mothers at home. Some of us work in the office, others in the field. Some go to school, some work in the shop. In each and every one of our callings, we are called to be as faithful and willing in our service as the angels in heaven. Now when we consider these responsibilities and tasks that we've been given, and the expectation that we carry them out like the angels, then this can be somewhat overwhelming. And so again, let us remind ourselves that this is part of a prayer. Christ is teaching us to pray your will be done. That is, help us to obey your good and perfect will. Help us to more and more deny our own wills and desires. Work your spirit in our hearts that we might grow in these things. And yet, you see, the prayer that Jesus teaches us to pray is bigger than just our own obedience. We confess in Lord's Day 49, grant that everyone carry out his office and calling like the angels in heaven. That we and all men obey your will. This is a prayer that God's will be done by everyone. This is a prayer that it would be like heaven on earth. Everyone perfectly obedient, never complaining. 
the vision here is tremendously broad. We're asking, Father, let your will be done everywhere, as far as the earth stretches, wherever people dwell. Lord, make it so that it's like heaven here on earth, where all your children serve you faithfully and willingly as the angels in heaven, where no one is disobedient or rebellious. Yes, the third petition is a prayer that God would make all things new for his sake, that his will would be done perfectly. This is a prayer that looks ahead to the same thing that the Apostle John saw in Revelation 21. John writes, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. Yes, truly, God's will will be done. At the end of the chapter, John writes of this heavenly city of Jerusalem on earth. On no day will its gates ever be shut, he writes, for there will be no night there. Nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose name is written in the Lamb's book of life. So brothers and sisters, let us pray. Come, Lord Jesus, Maranatha. Come, make all things new. Come, that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen.